This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Getting you ready for all the biggest games across the college sports world. This is BetQLU with RJ Choppy and Jeffrey Wright. Welcome, welcome, welcome to BetQLU. My name is Jeffrey Wright. I'm the co-host of the Giotto and Jeffrey Show right here on 92.7 ESPN in Memphis. Weekdays from 2 until 4 p.m. You can stream live on the Odyssey app from anywhere. My co-host, my partner in crime, a man whose team is 1-0 in the NCAA tournament, RJ Choppy, of course, the host of Shannon RJ on 105.3, the fan in Dallas. 5.30 to 10 a.m. each and every weekday. How you feeling, buddy? Man, I uh, I feel good. Uh, you know, when, when your team wins uh, a first-round game and they win it by 32, you don't sweat much. Uh, there was maybe a, a three- or four-minute stretch of the first half in the first 10 minutes where, you know, that's that feeling-out process of the game. You know, the other team is, you know, they're, they're, they're staying with it. They're pesky, and then you just pull away. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't expect it to be that easy. But that was a great first start for uh, for my volunteers. I was I was definitely happy about that. It's also nice when you can win in the early window, and then especially if you're playing on Thursday, you can win in that early window, and then you get the whole day to mm-hmm. just enjoy hoops, and then you get all Friday. But I guess we have to get to the biggest story of the tournament. Were you crying for John Calipari, or, or how are you feeling about about Big Blue Nation as they go down to St. Peter's? Oh man, uh, I was not crying. I'll tell you that. Uh, I, I was definitely rooting for St. Peter's. Uh, in that, one. <laughs> that one, there's no doubt about that. Man, it was a. Uh, there was a time last night, uh, or uh, Thursday night. There was a time where you're watching those games. There was three games going on at the same time that you were able to flip back and forth to, that were all coming down to the wire. You know, you had a moment where Creighton was was uh, you know that, that they were coming down to the wire. Uh, New Mexico State was coming down to the wire, and then you had the Kentucky game. Uh, and that's not the and that's before UCLA, uh, which was which was a which was a really good finish. So there was there was a there was a few games uh, on Thursday night that if you wanted to play uh, you know roulette uh, remote roulette, you were able to. And that Kentucky, I, I was, man, that was I, I thought for sure what's what the OT that Kentucky was going to win. Well, especially, I don't know. I I felt like when I was watching St. Peter's. Every single kid on their team was like blacking out. Like they were just having the the day that you dream of. Every single yeah. guy was having like a career night. You got guys averaging nine points that are putting up 24. They're pulling up from 30 and just draining threes, nothing but net. And it was one of those situations where I felt like it's like it can't last the whole like at a certain point, like they have to go cold. But lo and behold, they did not. And then Kentucky down the stretch, they don't hit free throws. They turn the ball over a little bit. It, it was such a bizarre scene. I, you know, I had mentioned in January I was ready to get on Kentucky. The last month or so, you know, they've been battling injuries. 
but more importantly, when I heard when I heard Cal say on Saturday of the NCAA tournament that it didn't really count as a loss because they didn't go to shoot around, I started to have my doubts. Now I'm not no point when I suggesting that I thought, oh, they can go to the 15, but it went from being a team that I thought could at least be a Final Four team to I kind of backed off them hard. I was so happy that I did not bet that game yesterday because it allowed me to just enjoy it. And, and I think that was yeah. – yesterday was a nice reminder of, yeah, we were. it was great to have the tournament last year. It still felt different. There's something about it starting to feel like normal. And, and these, these two days, God, they're just the absolute best. They are. They are. They're not my favorite to bet on. You know, I only bet six games on Thursday, and I'm only going to bet six games on Friday. And, um, you know, I, I don't bet. I don't. I don't bet a ton during the first round. You know, for me, it's the Sweet 16. That's where I really try to hammer, uh, hammer my bets in. But uh, I'll, I'll tell you, you know that that game. I'll say, I will say this: that Kentucky. It was. It was fun to bet on because I did. I took St. Peter's plus the 18. I didn't. I didn't think they were going to win. Um, but. You know, there there was a point. You know, once it got down, you you could tell with about ten minutes to go, you weren't going to have to sweat that game out. You know that you weren't going to sweat. I'm sorry, you were you weren't going to have to sweat the bet out. You know, you were yeah, going to cover not, the you 18. were not sweating the eighteen. Yeah, because the way Kentucky was shooting, you knew like, okay, Kentucky's might win this game by ten, but yeah, if you were sitting there with eighteen, you're like, okay, I'm good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You 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 were good. Uh, you, you were definitely good if you took the plus eighteen. You knew, you know, well into the second half or early on in the second half that you were pretty good, uh, and you were you were just going to see if you were going to actually see an upset or not. I'll tell you. Did you see the you know Darren Ravel put this on social media the the St. Patrick's Day triple uh, the parlay Notre Dame money line yeah. St. Mary's money line and St. Peter's money line that only paid forty five to one. That seems low. I, it just seems low. I know. I know. Usually it's six to one, but you know, St. Peter's money line had to be that had to be like a plus seven fifty money line. Man, at, at least oh, I, I'm I'm with you. The fact that an eighteen point underdog. I mean, honestly, if you're shopping local, as maybe we have done from time to time in our lives, yeah, I bet that was a money line you couldn't even get. I bet I bet a lot of bookies out there weren't even offering that one. I would be willing and to bet you the would same. think with a three-team parlay, a three-team parlay. I mean, I know Notre Dame was a slight favorite. Uh, that was that was an exhausting bet. I yeah. I mean, that one was one where I thought I was going to die before my favorite day of the college <laughs> basketball season. Like I thought on I thought Wednesday night, like uh, this is it. I'm going out. This is how it is. But I would have figured a three-teamer for sure that you would have gotten more than forty-five to one. Yeah, it seems very very low. Uh, you're right. I mean, you you probably couldn't even have found a St. Peter's money line local, uh, and if you did, you had a very low max bet. Uh, you know, you're talking maybe maybe a hundred dollars. What you know, whatever uh, max bet. It, it would you you wouldn't be able to put ten grand in that game. That's for sure. If you're taking St. No. Peter's money line, um, not, not that I ever would. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it was that 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 was a that was a much lower parlay than I thought it was going to come out at. And then also in that bracket, I don't know what the ramifications of this game are going to be, but I do want to shout out Murray State and and the University of San Francisco. That was a classic. I mean, yeah. that was just such, that was more than just a tournament game where it's got drama and high stakes and it's close. That was guys hitting big shots, guys fighting through cramps, 
guys literally just leaving it all on the floor. That was just such a delight to watch. And most importantly, to have Murray State and hammer them at the half like, and have them like and actually pay it off. But that game was awesome. It was. It was fantastic. That that uh, that Murray State game. It was it was it was really fun to watch. And you know the, the the cool thing with that is you know San Francisco was one of those teams. I don't know if you've ever seen this. They were one of those teams that was in Ken Palm's teams that could actually win the title. They fit the bill. They were top forty five, top twenty, and and they're out. And they were a ten seed. You knew they were never going to make a run. Uh, but. Look, if you looked at San Francisco's schedule, they played a really bad schedule this year. It may have all their numbers may have gotten inflated. They played the Academy of Art for crying out loud on their schedule this year. Um, like that was that was a tough schedule, but but they put they put on a good game. That was a really nice performance uh, by those two teams. And as John Morant said, "Hey, looky here, a school from Kentucky actually won a game in the NCAA tournament." Yeah, Jaw's not really shy about getting on social media and chirping a little bit. Nah. Back, to the, back to the Academy of Art. We're in agreement. That's a team that plays no defense, right? They just, they just, they're all about passing. They want to be artistic, right? They're no yes. defense at all. Dude, they, they, they rely on assists. They love assists. They, they, yes. they do. They, they, it's got to be, it's you know, game. oh, it's a beautiful game. Elaborate assists. Well, this brings up a point that. That I want to discuss with you because I, I we need a strategy here. How can we get the metric manipulation out of college basketball? And uh, you know, with all due respect to San Francisco, like they played, they played their hearts out. Like Murray State kind of let them back in the game in the second half, but they played their hearts out. They deserve it. But I'm looking at the Mountain West, and I'm looking at the West Coast Conference. Like these are not multi bid leagues. We have to come up with some strategy where we don't just sit there and let group think where, you know, a bunch of media types tell us the Mountain West plays good basketball. Well, RJ, for the fifth time in six years, we have an NCAA tournament with the Mountain West failing to win a game. And the only yeah. stretch where they won any game in there is a Muscleman. And I think Muscleman falls into the category of someone's just going to win wherever he goes. And, and, and yeah. so to me, like, that's kind of an outlier. I want a congressional committee to determine how we decided that the Mountain West is a four-bid league. Like, I, I, I need answers. Like, I'm sick of this every single year. We're leaving out good teams, and, and I, I need some answers. Uh, that's a good question. You know, but here's the, here's the side, other side of it. How many of the analysts on TV, the Vitals, the, you know, the, you know I don't think Billis does this that much, but I mean, how many of the analysts on TV have been stumping for the little guy for 25 years, right? We've got to get more. We I mean, got yes, to yeah, it. It was the original Gonzaga, you know, Gonzaga, yeah. and then Gonzaga became what they are, which is an elite roster. And for the record, my rule is fade the West Coast Conference and fade the Mountain West. There is a footnote. Gonzaga doesn't yeah. count. Gonzaga's outside right. of that. Like they're, they right. have, they have NBA guys. Like they, right. they do not count in that, but I'm just, I am sick of, like, imagine if we did this in college football where, you know, you and I, like any other true degenerate, we can watch some action on Tuesday and Wednesdays in, yeah. in, in November. At no point am I sitting there going, man, this league's a blast to watch. Why don't we try to get them into the playoff? Like, I don't understand how this happens in basketball more so I than agree. anything. And the NCAA is complicit. I honestly think the big, the simplest answer is, 
the NCAA takes a lot of heat from universities that we can't just make this all about the Big Ten, the SEC, and the ACC. Like, it has to be about more. It's the NCAA's championship. It's like, fine. That's why you have an automatic qualifier. I don't have to see four teams from your league in here. Uh, look, I, I agree. Um, I, I really do. I, I think that, you know, there is a happy medium somewhere uh, because, you know, we've had we've had people stumping for these conferences for years, and now that they're finally getting in, we're complaining about too many of those teams getting in. So there's a happy medium. I don't think four teams from the Mountain West need to get in. I, I don't think that. Uh, the Big East is a different story. Like, you know, they're, they're a basketball conference, right? That's what they do. Uh, and they generally have pretty competitive teams in there. But even still, you know, th- there was just a lot of issues I had with the committee this year anyway. What was the best conference in the land all year? It was the Big 12, without question, right? I mean, everybody said the Big 12 was the best conference. How did they get, you know, 33% less teams in the Big 10? Like, h- how does that happen? Honestly, I think it's, I mean, to me, like, I don't, in the end, it's metric manipulation. And metric yeah. manipulation basically happens for two main reasons. You can do like what the Houston's and the San Francisco's of the world do, which is you play bad teams and then you beat the hell out of them. And you do like, so your, your efficiency metrics go up and that makes all your numbers go up. Well, then if you're in a situation like some of those, like a school like San Francisco, you get credit for just playing Gonzaga. Like it, it's going to end up right. bumping you up there. I think, I think for me, it's like, we have to establish Metrics like you and I, you and I are not like milk toast, meat and potato. Uh, screw the little guy. Metrics don't matter. But it's like at the same point, it doesn't need to be the basis for all these decisions that we're making. Like, part of me wonders, like, should we do the European soccer model with like the Champions League, where based on your league's performance, you get mm-hmm. X amount of teams in the next year? Like, I want there to be some kind of merit rather than. Like, I just don't – I'm, I'm going to be honest. It's still early in the tournament. I find it hard to believe that the Big Ten is going to really wow us with all nine teams as, yet again, we have Iowa and McCaffrey not making a sweet 16. Like, I, I just like to see something a little bit – Yeah. Something a little bit more merit-based than just these numbers say these guys are good. Man, I'll tell you, that was, uh, that was a disappointing start for Iowa. It really was. That was a disappointing game to see. Uh, I had them in the Elite Eight. I know a lot of people had them as a trendy Final Four pick, which you don't usually see a five seed as a trendy Final Four pick. But, I mean, that team never saw a defense a, a defense that they liked all year. Um, and, and, and same for Purdue. We'll see what Purdue does. But, I, I, you know, I, I agree. I'm going to find it hard to believe that the Big Ten puts together nine great games and, uh, you know, just you know completely dominates this tournament. There are other great conferences out there. I think the Big 12 is a better conference. Um, you know, I think the S- I think the Big Ten's better than the SEC, but I don't think it's 33% better the way they they did it with the with the number of teams that were thrown in there. No, my my issue is, and, and I agree on all of those points, but remember like six, seven years ago, the SEC was becoming like a two and three bid league. Yeah. And I've watched this league my whole life. And I remember when it was seven, eight bids versus the three bids. The quality of play was not any different, really, like comparatively, no. like to the rest of the country. And so it's mainly just I'm so annoyed that we get these narratives of this league, this league, this league. And it's like we've got to we got to come up with a better formula. And I'm finding ways to complain about one of my favorite events of the year. But that's what I do. Yeah. I'm with you, man. 
We got. It, you're right. It's not any different than it was five, six years ago. It really isn't. Now the coaching's a little bit better. You know, you got better coaches in the SEC now than you yep. had ten years ago uh, or eight years ago, anyway, and that may be a big part of it. When we come back, we'll take a look at some more of the matchups coming up this weekend and other big storylines. Stick around. You're listening to QLU. From tailgates to rushing the field, on Saturday, it's BetQLU in the action from noon to 8 Eastern. Available on BetQL and the Odyssey app. You're listening to BetQLU with RJ Choppy and Jeffrey Wright. Hey, welcome back to BetQLU. I am Jeffrey Wright. He is RJ Choppy. RJ, we're recording this on a Friday, so we'll. Get into our Saturday matchups. We'll do that most likely during the next segment. We won't have any information on the Friday games as we're recording during the Loyola-Ohio State game. But I wanted to take a look at it from this perspective, from what we saw on Thursday. In terms of teams that maybe surprised you or changed your opinion in the positive or the negative, was there anyone that fit the bill either way for you? You know, I was uh... – I wanted to see how a team like Providence was going to, was going to play. Um, I thought they were that one team that was right to, 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 to get bounced in the first round uh, or even, or even, you know, if they win the first round, get knocked out on, on Saturday. But I was, I was impressed. And I know, I know there was a, uh, a question, very questionable call, um, but th- those things happen in a lot of games. And, you know, th- there is, there's, there's a lot of, Bad turnovers and, um, you know, balls that bounce the wrong way. I can't really get it. I'm not going to really, you know, fret on that. I-, I thought Providence changed my opinion a little bit on them with their performance. I mean, I thought they played good enough. That this, this, this is a decent team. I mean, they were, they were, there was a Providence team that was, a, what, a four seed that was a two-point favorite? When do you ever see that? Well, I mean, and that the reason why, and that's – I ended up taking South Dakota State. And to your point about Providence yesterday, I had South Dakota State, and I'm sitting there the entire game going, I have no business winning this. Like, I felt like I know the game got close because South Dakota State made a run. I felt like Providence showed me something yesterday. Like, they controlled that game against a team that was a stylistic problem for them. Yeah, they did. Uh, and, and that's good. Good for them. You know, that they played well and, and, you know, now it becomes a matchup issue, uh, for Providence and, or they have Richmond now. I mean, they're, they're, they're going to be prime to make a sweet 16 spot, uh, because of the upset that Richmond pulled. Um, this is, this is a Providence team that, that, that's in a really, really nice position to shut everybody up because how many people were complaining about their record? How many people were complaining about the fact that they didn't make up a couple of games uh, that they lost due to COVID during the course of the year. Um, it, you know, really kind of questioning whether or not this team was, you know, their record was was massively inflated, which, I mean, it was. I mean, that's an inflated record. That's a record that a one seed has, not a, not a, not a four. Um, but they, listen, they played a good game uh, on Thursday, and, and they beat a, a team that Vegas thought was going to give them everything they had. No, I completely agree. I mean, I know, like, we go with the Ken Palm luck numbers. Everyone always points to Providence is lucky. Providence is lucky. I, I understand that, but at the same time, it's like I do credit teams that don't give up and don't die and just kind of find ways to win. Like, I, I do think that is part of sports. Like, 
sometimes you can get a group to play better than the sum of their parts. I feel like those teams inevitably have a, a ceiling, but so far, like, uh, you know what I mean? Like I don't hold it against them that they find ways to win. Like to me, like that's the point of sports. Yeah. Oh, it totally is. Uh, you know, you, you've got to find ways to win. And if you don't, you won't be coaching very long or playing very long. They'll find somebody else to do it for you. Um, so yeah, that is the bottom line. Now there's a process that goes into it and, you know, you can only trust the process as long as, as you know, until to the point where it becomes nauseating, you can't take it anymore. And you're like, dude, we, we've got to, you know, the rubber's got to be the road here sooner or later. Uh, but yeah, Providence surprised me. And I'll tell you, um, maybe we were too hard on, on Gonzaga's uh, road to get to the one seed this year. St. Mary's put it to a power five school. They did. So I wanted to get into that game because this is one of the teams that, you know, I'm still it's still in my WCC principle and I'm still in my my fade frame of mind. What they did to Indiana was jarring. Now, the question that I had, though, is Indiana decided they had no point wanted to value the basketball. And then at no point did they want to make shots like St. Mary's was impressive. But it was also combined with Indiana was just – I don't know if it was out of gas from the first four, but Indiana just was horrific. Yeah, they, they were. They were. Was that game in San Diego? No, that was – I believe that one was in Portland. San okay. Diego's today. I mean, listen, I mean, they, they had to go from Dayton all the way to Portland and play a, you know, play a game at night. I mean, that's – you know, that's a uh, – because they didn't get out of there until like four in the morning. Uh, yeah, or, or one of the you know, so it was late when they got out of Dayton. That's a quick turnaround. That's not the easiest thing. Um, you know, St. Mary's, they were sitting in Portland for two days, probably when Indiana got there. Um, so you know, I get it. Well, I and, get and it. the West the West Coast Conference tournament. And keep in mind, the WCC stacks it to where their best teams get the easiest road. They got a they got a quadruple buy to the yeah. semifinals. So they played only two games in their conference tournament. And then they had a full week off because their tournament ended. Their tournament ended on Monday night, I believe, of the week before. Uh, yeah. The other conference. Yeah. So they had like a week and a half off. Um, you know, the SEC does double buys, right? Double buys. They don't do quadruple buys though. <laughs> you don't. You only. You only get to the quarters. Um, yeah. So not quite the semis, but uh, I guess I suppose it's better than some of those where you play every game at home. Uh, I hate. I hate those conference tournaments where Vermont gets a home game in the championship. But, you know, Indiana just didn't show up. And, you know, some of that you got to credit to St. Mary's. You know, you got to credit them some of that. But because, uh, you know I, know, I know I have been and I know you've been, you know, pretty we're, we're kind of looking side-eyed at, uh, at, the, at the West Coast Conference uh, you know, in Gonzaga's road. But if St. Mary's is really a legitimate team, the way that they, you know, portrayed themselves on Thursday, then, you know, maybe Gonzaga is a little bit better than, than we might think. Yeah, I mean, I think we're going to find out very quickly. The St. Mary's-UCLA game is going to be a great basketball game. Oh, and, yeah. and we're going to find out right there. On the flip side, I understand it's a 16 versus a 1. I have not had the warm and fuzzies for Gonzaga like I've had in years past. And yesterday did not really do anything to kind of alleviate some of the concerns that I have particularly struggling against Georgia State and until the guys foul out, like they, they barraged them late in the last like eight minutes. 
But I'm really fascinated about this matchup with Memphis because Memphis has probably the the best test in a front court that you can probably have. Jalen Duran and DeAndre Williams are going to be a pretty good matchup for Chet Holmgren and, and Drew Timmy. I'm I'm curious to see about that game. I think Memphis can kind of keep it a little frisky. I'm worried a little bit about the whistle. That game's going to be in Portland, and it's going to be heavily, heavily Gonzaga from a from a fan perspective. If they let that game get physical, I think Memphis can give them some problems. Oh, dude! If if they let this if they let this game play, if they let them play. Memphis Memphis got a, they're a live dog. Uh, they are. T- I mean, Memphis probably has better athletes than Gonzaga does. Uh, they're probably more physical. They're definitely more physical than Chet. I'm more physical than Chet. Um, they're probably they're probably stronger. I mean, the, the Memphis is Memphis is game for Gonzaga. This is a, I think it's a terrible matchup. I think the only eight seed or nine seed that I would rather I would want to play less than Memphis is probably Carolina. Well, that, that's Carolina. a team that that's a team yesterday. If you really look back on the last two they're, months, like there it was a team they're with six. a well there. And also, you know, in Dallas with the Mavericks, it took a while with the new coach. And I think we we're kind of seeing that with Boston in the NBA as yeah. well. New yeah. coach. It, it kind of took a while. But once they found their footing, they've been playing really, really good basketball. And, you know, from the Baylor perspective, Baylor feels ripe for an upset. But with that being said, like Baylor wasted no time yesterday. Like they they took care of business again. I know it's a sixteen and a one, but I do credit when teams when teams don't even like have that little lull period and, and you you start playing with your food and you just you just absolutely put them away. Like I thought Baylor, I thought Baylor yesterday was pretty impressive. Yeah, I, I thought Baylor was. There's no doubt about that. Um... You know, I, I don't. I, I mean, no, I don't feel bad right now, but any of the one seeds, um, I'll be interested to see. You know, I'll be interested to see. You know how you know uh, how some of the one seeds fare on Friday. But you know, from from what I saw on Thursday, um, the 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 chalk that held looked pretty good. Like your top two or three seeds, outside of Kentucky, obviously Kentucky didn't. But you know, your ones, your twos, your threes that held, they looked pretty good doing it. Yeah, and I mean, to me, another team that fit the bill of, okay, maybe they are finding something. Tennessee, same situation. They had a young point guard, and they had some struggles early. But really, if you look at, like, trending, that team is certainly trending in the right direction. And I've got great news for you, RJ. In the last 10 games, Michigan has alternated wins and losses. This goes back to February the 10th. So we're talking about you know, five and a half weeks. And good news, the Vols got Michigan next after a win. All right, there we go. Uh, yeah, look, that is great news. Uh, Michigan scares me. The Big Ten scared Tennessee in the tournament has not fared well against the Big Ten. They've gotten blown out by Michigan once. Uh, they lost a heartbreaker to Michigan. They lost to Ohio State. Uh, they happened to beat Ohio State uh, at another time. Uh, they lost to Michigan State in the Elite Eight. They lost to Purdue in the Sweet 16. They almost lost to Iowa. These are all in the last 10 years in the tournament. Uh, so the big 10 scares me a little bit. I will say this, Rick Barnes catches a lot of crap and, and, and some of it's, some of it's deserved, but when he has had a lottery pick 
point guard on his team. DJ Augustine, Elite Eight. TJ Ford, Final Four. And this kid, Kennedy Chandler, is, is a lottery pick point guard. Um, and, and, and they've got two of them. Because Ziegler's not a lottery pick, but he's, he's, he's a good player with the basketball. So, you know, th- this is kind of the formula that Rick has. When he has a really good NBA-level point guard, he will make a run in the tournament. Unfortunately, those are the, really the only two runs he's ever made in the tournament. No, and I mean, to your point, though, like, yes, some of the, some of the Rick Barnes tournament success is alarming. But it was the same for Scott Drew. I mean, Scott Drew in the tournament was was alarming until he wasn't. Mark Few was alarming until he wasn't. Like, I think in the end, it just matters. Can you stay at a place long enough to build a really good team? And this team's got a pretty good mix of young yeah. talent, experienced uh, experience vets that, that are dependable. It does feel like, and they can kind of use the, Three seed is motivation. Yeah. The only problem that I have is I just don't like the matchup with Villanova. I know it's getting for a Tennessee fan that would be getting ahead of ahead of yourself, but yeah, like I, I, that's the only real concern that I have is that we've already seen that game once and it was not particularly close. No, it was it was, it was a twenty point game. Uh, and look, and they do have a, you mentioned mix of young and old. I mean, their center Fulkerson, he's been playing literally. He's played during three presidential administrations. He's had two senior days at the same school. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's, you know, it's because of the COVID. You get the COVID year. Uh, but, you know, he started his Tennessee career during President Obama. That's how long this guy's been there. That's how long he's been there for. There are guys, <laughs> in, the, there are guys in the NBA that are on their second contract yeah. that played against him in college for multiple years. Yes. It, it's, it's insane how long he has been able – to, to stay there, he's like, ah, there's a guy for UCLA years ago. Was it uh, Paulie Dixon? He was there for like nine seasons. It was amazing. It's like Nebraska's well, like always Brad, had a quarterback uh, named Martinez. Brad Davidson or whatever, the, Brad, uh, the, the kid from Wisconsin. He's literally been there like seven years. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but that's it. He's a grown I mean, man. Like, he's a grown man. Okay. I've got our dude-off game of the week. All this right. is the... This is the – I don't know if you got to catch a, a look at both these teams. New Mexico State and Arkansas might be the matchup of best-looking athletes on the floor. I don't know where New Mexico State wound up getting all of their guys, but when you were just watching that game against UConn, if you didn't know anything about which team was which, you would have thought New Mexico State was the team playing out of the Big East that has been a, a top-20 team all year. And UConn was the team that was from Las Cruces, New Mexico. They got dudes. Yeah, they do. And I, and I wonder, I'll have to go back and look at that roster a little bit. I wonder if they didn't have some of those kids that were Pac-12 players that transferred out. You know, Big 12 players that transferred out. I, I wonder about that because they've got players that you don't see. You don't see that kind of athleticism going to a New Mexico State. You don't see that kind of athleticism going to a Wyoming uh, or, or a school like that, or a Boise State. Those are, those are kids that couldn't either get into a Pac-12 school or were in one and transferred out because of playing time. They've got dudes, man. I love it. I love seeing them. Yeah. I don't know anything about the roster construction other than a, a, one of my buddies that I texted, but I do feel confident in saying this. 
those kids did not show up as freshmen at Las Cruces. Like, you know no. what I mean? Like they, they, they came in later from somewhere yeah. else, maybe multiple stops. <laughs> All right, when we come back, we're going to look at the Saturday games. We got lines out. This is exciting. Stick around. You listen to BetQLU. From tailgates to rushing the field, on Saturday, it's BetQLU in the action. From noon to 8 Eastern, available on BetQL and the Odyssey app. You're listening to BetQLU with RJ Choppy and Jeffrey Wright. Hey, welcome back to BetQLU. I'm Jeffrey Wright. He is RJ Choppy. RJ, we've got our Saturday matchups. Connor and I will be on BetQLU in the action during Saturday. I say let's just go through the board and let's at least just get some gut thoughts because sometimes your first instinct can be your best instinct, but also yeah. sometimes it might help help to talk it out. We start on CBS. North Carolina and Baylor, two teams that I thought were impressive on Thursday. Right now, the line showing Baylor minus five and a half. BetQL has Baylor laying the points as a three-star bet. Man, I'm tempted right now. I just, I feel like Baylor's lack of depth at some point is going to catch up with them. But maybe I'm be, maybe I'm falling for the trap. I kind of like the Tar Heels here. Wow. Uh, look, I I think this is a. Uh... I would not take Carolina to win, but cover, I could totally see it. We have though, we've got to remember, this is a Carolina team that, you know, they are playing much better basketball now than they were earlier in the year. This was not the same team that Duke blew out at the Dean Dome, at the Dean Dome. Uh, you know, this is the team that almost, that basically that blew out Duke at, at, at Coach K's, you know, curtain call. Um, Baylor's solid though. And the one thing about Baylor is, and this is maybe the one that one kind of advantage Carolina has because Carolina has had to play you know Syracuse this year. Baylor will play a zone on you, and Carolina's used to playing that zone. Uh, that might come uh, in handy for them. I still like Baylor to win, uh, but I don't have Baylor going uh, to the Final Four this year. I've got them bowing out, I think, in the next round in the Sweet 16, uh, but I'll take Baylor. That's kind of my concern. I don't have Baylor going all that far, and I feel like I'm trying to will it into existence. So far, according to BetQL, 68% of money coming in on Carolina. So maybe I'm doing the dummy trap that that everyone else is. Uh, Ben, let's go to – we're going to stay in Fort Worth. Creighton taking on Kansas. Right now, the line opened at 10. It's already up to 11.5. This feels like one of those ones, RJ – I know I make fun of the Mountain West. Creighton had no business winning that basketball game yesterday. Right. They also suffer a terrible injury uh, during basically overtime. This feels like one where Kansas just hammers them. I, I totally agree. Was that a Patella tender? Did they come out and say that? I couldn't tell if it was if it was ACL or Patella, but it, he went. He did the thing where he tried to get up and then he dropped immediately, yep. non-contact. Like that's that's usually a ligament. Yeah, I've seen that. I've seen that before. When where you just you're, you you slam your knee against something, and then you go up to run, and it's just it. That's Patella. I, I, I was the first thing that popped into my head. I just wasn't sure if they had classified it yet. Uh, but I'm I'm in agreement. I, I love Kansas in this game. 
you know, they're a better team. They're, they're, they're deserving of a one seed. And you're right. Creighton probably didn't deserve to win that game. I, I got to say this, too. You, said, you mentioned they were in Fort Worth. Uh, I, that's a brand-new arena. It's Dickey's Arena. That is getting rave reviews by the media that has come to cover this tournament uh, so far. Uh, that, that arena, man, it's the best arena in town. It really is. It's better than yeah, the American so, Airlines Center. It's fantastic here. Uh, so, obviously, that's where the AAC Conference Tournament is. All, yeah. all my friends that went and covered all said the same thing. Also, the thing that got rave reviews, the mural of, like, the stampede. Everyone yeah. was uh, all about that. There's, like, a mural over, like, one of the entrances. It's a massive arena for only being, what, it seats like 14,000, something like that? Yeah. The second level's only got, like, eight rows. 10 rows it, it's a but it's a big arena uh but you know they've got they had the rodeo there they had uh you know they got all kinds of stuff going on at, at that place apparently 500 million can get you a a pretty nice arena if you got it uh we then go to indianapolis our triple header on cbs in the early window concludes with the michigan wolverines and the tennessee vols the vols right now minus six bet ql shows michigan uh, being a four-star bet at plus six, 60% of the money early in on Michigan. I think I'm going to fall for the trap. RJ, I like the Vols here. I usually stay away from my team. Uh, I don't usually bet on them. I like Tennessee to win the game. Um, but, man, I don't feel great about it. I would have felt much better if Colorado State won. Uh, Michigan's going to know they're going to bring power five athletes to it. You know, Tennessee's not going to bring anything they haven't seen before. That Michigan hasn't seen before. They're, Michigan knows exactly what to expect. They play against top competition year-round. But look, if you're going to make it the Final Four, uh, for Tennessee to be the first one, you're going to have to go through a couple of tough teams anyway. Um, but this is – I would probably I would probably say the way Tennessee is playing, I will take the, I will take the balls and the points. But, man, I stay away from my team as much as I can. No, I, I completely understand. You're going to be invested enough as is. Yeah, I don't know. There's just something about Michigan has just been so inconsistent all year. And really the last couple of months, like, I don't know, the more and more I watch this Tennessee team, I just, I like their attitude. Like they're all business and, and they want to, they want to beat you up and, yeah. and they're playing really, really confidently. And I'll tell you this, I, I also think they're deep enough to where if they're, if one guy gets in foul trouble, they're not screwed. Yeah. They've got enough guys that can score that if one guy gets gets caught up in foul trouble, I don't think the game is going to be over. The only concern I have with Tennessee is I feel like I've been betting on them, and they'll just have these stretches of, like, five minutes where they don't score, and then they go from, like, you think, okay, this is the easiest win of my life. Like, they're just smoking people. And then all of a sudden, you're just having to sweat it out. Like, that, that's kind of been the only knock that I have on them. Yep, no, it happens. That's been their M.O. for a couple years now. Even when they had good teams, even when they were that number one team in the nation a couple years ago with Schofield and Williams, they still went through stretches where nobody would score. And it was like, guys, what is going on here? Uh, we then move to the evening slate, Richmond and Providence. Richmond is getting three. Richmond has been on an unbelievable run, starting with the A-10 tournament. They knock off Iowa. They get Providence. Providence laying three. BetQL likes the Spiders, even at a, at a low number. It's a two-star bet, but I don't know, man. I, I'm kind of like you, man. Maybe maybe there's something to this Providence team. 
I mean, maybe luck finds a way to continue all year and maybe luck just follows people. I mean, I convinced myself for 20 years that Tom Brady was just lucky that he yeah. wasn't better than everybody else, that he was just lucky. He's not, but he can't be better than Peyton, man. He's just lucky. Um, and I, and I, I've managed to maintain a lot of that can, uh, you know, conviction. Uh, maybe the same thing is for Providence. Maybe everybody, uh, you know, East of the New York state line and in new England is just lucky. Maybe they all are. I don't know. Maybe just anybody from that Providence, Boston, Rhode Island area, Massachusetts is just lucky. Um, but I, I'm with you. I'm, I'm going to stick with Providence here. I also think there's something to Ed Cooley's that guy that I think, I think his guys play for him. Like he just, he yeah. seems to, he seems to have that kind of magic. Uh, we then on TBS have St. Mary's and UCLA, UCLA, has to hang on to beat Akron last night. St. Mary's absolutely thumped Indiana. I got a principle here. I'm giving the I'm taking the Bruins. I think these teams are very similar. I just think UCLA has better players. I'm taking the Bruins. I have UCLA in my Final Four. Uh, I am definitely taking the Bruins. I, I love teams that have good guard play, and they do. Uh, Tigers, fantastic. Juzang is 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 a, is a solid player. I, I like. Um, I like UCLA. Um, you know, like last year was it last year they made their run with yes. uh, Tiger and Juzang? I, you know, like I like UCLA in this one. I, I get them going to the final four. I also don't think UCLA UCLA is not going to fall into the trap of getting frustrated playing the type of game that St. Mary's wants to play. St. Mary's like that. Indiana got really frustrated, and then I think I think that was a. I think you're getting a pretty good opportunity here. UCLA was disappointing. And St. Mary's was so impressive that I actually think there's a little bit of value on UCLA. St. Peter's and Murray State. We got a 15 and a 7 going to the Sweet 16. Right now, Murray State, eight and a half point favorites. The Racers were cramping. They were banged up. I still don't think St. Peter's can do it again. Give me the Racers. Uh, give me the Racers. I don't think St. Peter's can do it again. But, you know, how many times have we seen this 15 that, that beat the two? They, they, they wind up winning the next game. You know, they, they, they get, it's where we learned Andy Enfield's name. Yeah. Dunk city, baby. That's where we learned that one. Um, so it happens. It, it definitely happens where the 15 will, will make, uh, the sweet 16. Uh, I am with you though. I don't think it's going to happen here. I just think they played such a phenomenal game that I, I feel like there's a chance to come back down to earth. And that's a game where Murray state, I think they're going to be able to score, whereas San Francisco tried to slow the game down and, and frustrate them. I like that matchup. We got our dude off game of the week. New Mexico State getting six and a half against Arkansas. I've been on the Arkansas gravy train. I don't know, man. I, this could just be prisoner of the moment. I liked what I saw out of New Mexico State. At no point was that fluky what we were watching. I just think they looked really good. And I think that this is a situation where I'm going to take the points. Uh, I, I think I might take the points in that one, too. Uh, I like Arkansas. I like Arkansas a lot. I love Musselman. Anybody who's willing to, you know, is, is, is gets a rotator tear by posting up one of his players in the middle of practice, that's my guy, especially when you're 5'6 or whatever he is. Um, but I'm with you. New Mexico State, that is not – those are not New Mexico State athletes. Those are much better players. They're big too. Like I don't mean just tall. Like they've got size nope. and strength to them. They are. They meaty got meat. Yeah. They don't miss meals. They don't miss protein shakes, and they don't miss a workout. Like that is a big, 
big basketball team. I don't know if there's a prop out there, but I would say it's even money that a fight starts in that game. Both those teams are not afraid to get chippy. And then we conclude on TBS, Memphis and Gonzaga. Gonzaga currently a 10-point favorite. RJ, I think I'm going to spring I'm going to spring the trap. I kind of like Memphis here getting the points. If they if they keep this game wide open from an official standpoint, I think Memphis has got a little real chance. To me, this is not a game where I would take the points. This is a game where I would do a money line bet on Memphis. I think that's where your value is really going to be. Um, I because I bet what what you say the spread was? It's ten right now. Man, a ten point spread. I mean, you're getting four hundred to one. I was oh, sorry, plus four hundred. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm starting. Money. I'm starting the game and it's ten to nothing. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to take, I might take the money line in that one. If I was going to bet that, I mean, I would, I would definitely lean towards taking Memphis plus the 10, but if I was going to actually bet that game, I think the value sits in the money line. I think, I think Gonzaga is in trouble. Memphis at plus four ninety five. We're here each and every Friday at 11 Eastern. I'll be with you tomorrow on BetQLU in the action noon until four, four hours of college basketball. He's RJ Choppy. I'm Jeffrey Wright. Thank you for listening to and watching BetQLU. From tailgates to rushing the field, on Saturday, it's BetQL U in the action. From noon to 8 Eastern, available on BetQL and the Odyssey app.